This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 307. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthier plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. Today's episode of our podcast is very exciting because we are going to be chatting with a member of our Golden Apple Roundtable. If you're not familiar with this group of folks, you should be because they're the ones that <laughs> keep we talk the, about them all the time. We do. Uh, they're the ones that literally help keep the lights on here at Vegetarian Zen by providing us with a show of monetary support every month. And they do that through patreon.com forward slash vegetarian zen. If you head out to that page, you will see our page with a video of Larissa and I, where we talk about the mission of Vegetarian Zen, and then you'll see various support levels everywhere from a dollar a month all the way up to $50 a month and levels in between. So, um, you know, we really started reaching out to this group a lot more. We talked about providing them with specific content, uh, exclusive content. And uh, with that, you know, our group is, our community is so diverse and so interesting. And we thought, you know what, we want other people to hear how cool these people are. <laughs> so with that, we've uh, chatted with a few, we chatted with uh, Stacy a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And now we're chatting with Harley today. But before we get into that, we do have a new rating. Yes, we do. And th- now this made me giggle a little bit. Um, so this Rating this review is by Tenacious Chi. That's very creative. I love it. I love it. It just made me smile. All right. So Tenacious Chi says, This must be the place. I stumbled on this podcast when looking for insight about living a plant based lifestyle. I was hooked after one episode. The episodes are really engaging and cover real world topics in a down to earth way. I'm making my way through all the episode archives, and wow, that's that's like a feat, right? That, that was me. That was me talking. That's a feat. Yeah. Uh, so I'm making my way through all the episode archives, figuring out that there's lots of support out there. Good stuff. Which reminds me, we have three archives now. That's a good we point. Just, we just passed. Thank uh, you for pointing Before we get that into out. that uh, and talk a little bit about that, just so folks know where to find our older episodes. Yeah. Thank you, Tenacious thank you. G. We really appreciate you leaving us a rating because. That helps other people find us. And to get through 307 episodes, you've got to be tenacious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about the archive? Yes, I would, actually. Uh, so here's what happens. When our feed, which is the what holds all of our podcast episodes, when it gets to a certain um, size, we have to break, we have to break it off so every hundred episodes we split the feed because i itunes cannot handle it no <laughs> itunes can't handle it you know it's too big yeah we're just too mighty for itunes <laughs> uh so anyway every hundred episodes i split the feed and when you so when you go into itunes you see vegetarians and podcasts that is the latest episodes so now that we're in the 300s we have three prior um archives so we've got the first archive is uh, one through 100 and then the second one is 101 through 200 and then 201 through 300 so if you're searching for vegetarian zen and you want to hear the old episodes make sure that you look for those archives yeah and i think if you just type in vegetarian zen They'll they should up. all come up yep. although we're having as of right now as a recording of this we were having a few blips with the latest, the latest. archive but hopefully we'll right. get that res- um, resumed soon but you can mm-hmm. always go uh, to the website soon (laughs) soon but you can always go to our website to listen to those definitely definitely 
Okay, today's sponsor is Buddha Bowls, the vegetarian Zen way, which is under construction as we speak and headed toward the finish line now. So we're hoping to get that out pretty soon to you guys. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with this, Larissa and I are working on our very first ebook offering that we were inspired uh, from a recent podcast that we did where we were struggling. First of all, we were struggling with meal planning. That's always been a challenge for us, even both of us working from home. Yes. It's just a challenge to get balanced meals and to know what to, you know, without eating the same thing over and over again every day and making sure that we get the proper nutrition. Hence, enter Buddha bowls. This was really cool. Now, I had seen pictures of Buddha bowls, or some people call them macro bowls, hippie bowls, nourish bowls. They're good by like bowls. But you've seen them, I'm sure, where you just look on Instagram and there's these cool, like, bowls of awesome looking food. Now, I just thought this was kind of a random thing, but there actually is something to assembling this Mm -hmm. bowl to ensure that you're getting not only a great taste, but also a balance of nutrients. So this is why we think they're so awesome. And this is why we decided to make this our very first book. That's right. So we're finishing that up. But in the meantime, if you want to receive updates about the book, please head out to vegetarianzen.com forward slash bootable book and and you'll be put on an email list to get uh, no com- there's no commitment there uh you're not buying anything you're just putting your name on a list to get updates on that and you also get a free buddha bowl book recipe worksheet <laughs> and you get you don't need any purchase for that that's a freebie it's we're just, just giving away just for just for signing up to get updates on the book that's right all right are so- we ready I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I am excited to get into our interview with Harley. Yeah, Harley is uh, our neighbor in North Canada. And uh, we were, again, having some conversations with our Golden Apple Roundtable about wanting to bring some of them on the show. Because, first of all, we greatly appreciate them helping us keep the lights on here by helping pay for some of the monthly costs and yearly costs that we incur as producing a podcast. A lot of people don't realize it does cost money to to keep a podcast going. So, uh, you know, we started to reach out to some of those folks and we're so, we're so, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, we meet so many people. This is one of the things I love about podcasting is we are in touch with so many people and there, there's some people we meet, we're just like, oh, we got to get them in front of everybody. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. we're lucky that Harley agreed to come on the show. So without further ado, let's bring on Harley Pruder. Welcome to the show, Harley. Hi. Hi, Harley. Welcome. Thank you. Our neighbors to the north. So you are, we were just talking right before we got on the call that you are, we are in vastly different environments right now. San Antonio, (laughs) Texas hit 93 degrees today. And where you are up in Canada, you're at what, negative two, something like that? Yeah, negative two. Last time I checked, oh, we're at uh, minus one right now. So uh, yeah, a little yeah. Warmer. <laughs> yeah, we and and when we were talking, you had mentioned a snowmobile going by. I I don't know. We barely have. You know, it's funny because whenever we even get a little bit of sleet or ice, the whole city has to shut down because I think we have like one salt truck for the entire. Oh my city. goodness! <laughs> <laughs> we may hear we may hear an ice cream truck go by. Yeah, Ooh, that would just nice. go by all year. So oh, I'm ready for that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Harley. 
Well, I live here in Thompson, Manitoba, Canada, and I live here with my cat Parker, who is sleeping very peacefully beside me. Just so um, you know, I have two dogs okay. that are probably not going to be sleeping. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this whole time, so we'll be good. we'll be good if we get through this uh, without one of them barking. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'll see if she actually doesn't. She'll probably want food in a little bit. So I'll I'll take though uh, her sleeping right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was born and raised here. Um, Thompson is a pretty, uh, it's very isolated from the rest of the province in the sense that we're eight hours away from the next major city. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually serve kind of as a hub for a lot of different outlying smaller communities. Um, but that being said, like the population is about 13,000. Um, and then we serve maybe about an extra 60,000 around. But uh, I guess my point is with that is that it is um, pretty much a very kind of like hunting, fishing town, you know, really about getting out into nature, which is awesome. But, you know, being surrounded by that from a young age, you're, you're really, that's ingrained in you and meat eating. Uh, I'm sure like, you know, being in Texas and stuff, it's probably the same thing, like with, I'm assuming barbecue or something yes, like, absolutely. you know, that yes. it's just kind of part of the culture. Right. And, Definitely. uh, so how did you go from that to, so you were raised that way. How did you go from that to, which a lot of us were, to not eating meat. Yeah, so my mom actually, uh, so I guess there's a few different ways that that came about, Um, but it all kind of started when I was around 10 years old. My mom, she, like though she is um, a member of a Christian religion that's maybe a little bit more conservative, Mm -hmm. uh, that um, even though she is part of that, uh, she decided to start doing yoga and yoga kind of led her to some alternative air quotes, alternative uh, lifestyles that we hadn't previously really been introduced to. Um, and uh, yoga, she yoga ended up, anyway. yes, yoga. It was the yogi way. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she went to a yoga ashram in, I believe it was Montreal. She's gone to a few now, but, and you know, like that was very like kind of the gossip at our local uh, church <laughs> because it was just like, yeah, um, not really done, right? It wasn't mainstream yet. So I'm sure that now people wouldn't really bat an eye at it, but but at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So when she came back from the yoga ashram, she was a vegetarian because they were cooking only vegetarian food there. And she, you know, had uh, been doing yoga and meditating and just felt very, I think, in tune with nature and stuff. So she introduced it uh, to us. And I really related to it as well, just in the sense of feeling very, like always compassionate towards animals. And at the same time that she was getting into that, this group of people had moved in across the street from us and they were vegetarians or, and actually I don't know if they were vegetarians, but they cooked a lot of vegetarian meals. And again, like things that I hadn't really been exposed to previously, it had been very much at the way that we were raised is like, you have meat, potatoes and a vegetable on the side and maybe a salad or something. Um, But, you know, like when we started, we invited them for dinner and then it kind of just became a regular thing and it expanded into something called community dinner. So with that, like I said, we were exposed to just a lot of different ways of of cooking and eating and 
yeah, even though like I stuck to still safe foods that didn't seem too like out of the ordinary, um, it still, again, like exposed me to just a different way of being. So that kind of led me to becoming a vegetarian. And less when I became a vegetarian, though, I like I said, I was about like 10, 11 years old. And it's not like I knew how to cook for myself. <laughs> so it just became a thing of, you know, how I said, like, we had meat and potatoes and vegetables. Well, I just didn't have the meat. And I barely even ate the vegetables. It mainly just was like potatoes and other starches. That and- sounds like me now. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's hard, right? And I think right. I'll, I'll get into it, I guess, in a little bit. But, you know, that's, again, with uh, just the lifestyle changes I've made as an adult now, like what um, what I'm all about, right, is just being, like, kind to yourself and giving yourself permission to eat yummy foods and and not be so concerned with, like, oh, I'm not being a perfect vegetarian because I don't want mushrooms in my stuff. Like, <laughs> just, like... <laughs> Yeah. You had mentioned before too that I think it was around the same probably probably close to when correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, around the age of twelve, thirteen, I started to develop like a like an eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Where I just wasn't eat I wasn't vegetarian or vegan, but it was just not eating. And yeah. I, I had mentioned to you and I've mentioned on the show before that it went to almost the point of bulimia. Um, wow. Yeah. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. What, about what yeah. that started with you? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I guess how that started with me was, I think about the same age, like around like 12, 13. Uh, so I guess it like, I, I have kept a diary since I was around that age. Um, and it's really embarrassing to look back, but it's also really interesting. And I have entries from my first journal where I would have been around 12 of my diet plan and uh, my exercise plan, right? Isn't that yeah, crazy? Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, like I work with kids now and just knowing at that age what I was going through and what I was thinking and the negative self-talk that was starting to develop, um, it's just heartbreaking. And it's like, I want to be a positive role model to those kids, right? And to like people around me at all ages that I love my body. I want to give my body good food and um, not, you know, use food as a way of controlling myself. And I guess like just going back to, you know, like thinking around that time where food was one way where I was allowed to control myself because I was growing up kind of in an environment where there was a lot of different expectations being imposed on me, which I think like is very normal of you know, that age is like when you start to feel the pressure of everyone else's expectations and you're at the same time trying to figure out, well, what do I believe? What are my core values? And so I guess with food, like that was one way where I was just able to rebel without really having it fully be a re- like a recognizable rebellion <laughs> that needed to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that with food, I was able to cut out meat and also in a way try to like, I guess, bully other people with it too. Um, that at a young age, I definitely started developing defenses about it, uh, just in the way where I was constantly, I guess, feeling like I was being put in positions where I had to defend being a vegetarian when I hadn't even, like, it was kind of at the point where I would just mention that I was a vegetarian and people would instantly like jump on it. Like, Oh, like (laughs) you're too good to eat meat sort of thing. (laughs) It's like, 
Oh, like, no, I, I don't think that. Or, you know, like kind of people telling me, well, you know, like it says in these books, like from our religion that you're supposed to eat meat. So you're not following this, right? If you're not eating meat and, you know. It's amazing uh, what religion is used for, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And like just the ways that things can be interpreted by different people with different, like other values, right? That like yeah. we, we all bring our and how people pick and choose that. what they choose to exactly. they ignore certain things for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely it was, um, like I said, not the healthiest diet that I was eating, but it was one way that I was just able to express myself. And, uh, and it was something I was very passionate about as a kid. And just, again, like I said, feeling very connected to animals and, um, recognizing their suffering, you know, like, as, as my own suffering, right? And kind of feeling confused as to why more people didn't feel that way. And how um, old were you at this time? I think that, you know, kind of like at the same time, like 10, 11, oh, okay. like where, yeah, like just being very young. Um, but at the same time, what I've learned throughout my life is that it is good to be compassionate. It is good to be empathetic, but mm -hmm. we can also get swept away in that and uh, really put ourselves at risk if we're not checking in with ourselves and taking care of ourselves. So that's kind of where I had talked about, um, like when we had been chatting before, when I got to be about 16 years old, I was at a point where I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't eat anything because everything was off limits and everything was bad. And uh, I finally just snapped one day and ate meat. And I felt like I just numbed myself to all the, the ways that I had felt about animals. And I just kind of, I don't want to say I stopped caring, but I just like put it to the back of my mind. Yeah, and I think I think that's you know it's interesting because in our last episode, I think it was the last episode that just released this past. Well, actually, when this when our um, discussion here airs, it's going to be like in early May. But we just recently did a podcast on ex vegans and this like mass yes, exodus of, of, of ex vegans, and you know, there's a lot of people that have taken to the social media and YouTube to really bash them. And, you know, one of the things we talk about is it's so important for us to express some compassion to them because a lot of these people maybe were very well intended, but just went around about it the wrong way. You know, that's giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I think that it's so easy for us to sometimes, you know, sit on the sidelines and try to judge somebody that we don't even know and what their experiences were. And like you were saying, you kind of narrowed your eating because first of all, you sounds like, and as you and I have talked before, sounds like, you know, you had the same, at one point I was eating nothing but pineapple. There was a pineapple diet I was on. There was another one where I was eating nothing but jello pudding pops. You remember? Oh my gosh. Two in the morning, two in the evening, or two in the afternoon, two in the evening. Cause I knew how many calories back then you didn't have. I mean, we had books that told us what were calories were and stuff. And it was very limited, but I knew what jello pudding pops had. So I was, that's what I was eating morning, afternoon and evening. And you, like you said, you snap, right? You just snap at some point. And you say, I can't do any of this anymore. So yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we were very much, similar paths yeah oh, and I think I think too you know when you're younger like that it's it's a lot easier to have that all or nothing mentality just because you don't know any better and you may not have anyone on your on your side one way or the other kind of helping to balance you out and I think that when you're a kid you know it, it's especially hard because you feel isolated already 
Yeah. So then I'm sure you probably, and I don't know, you tell me if I'm wrong, but then you probably feel bad about that too, because now you're, you were, you know, so staunchly defending vegetarianism and then all yeah. And so now you feel at the age of 16, mm-hmm. like even worse. Is that, is that true? Definitely like in the sense of like thinking of when I was young and I first went vegetarian, I would, I bullied my sisters into being vegetarians. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I have three younger sisters and I was so mean to them and manipulated them into following my belief system. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel very bad about that. And it was very much one of the first life lessons I remember where it was like, be careful when it comes to being so hardcore about your beliefs, because you could be very, very passionate about something and then you change your mind. Right. And, uh, it's like, Oh, now (laughs) I have to eat my words. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah. And just, I think that it's a good approach let me ask you a question. So are any of them still vegetarian? Well, actually, that's how I ended up going vegetarian again, is that one of my younger sisters, she went vegetarian and she inspired me like along with, you know, listening to this podcast and uh, hearing the term flexitarian mm-hmm. and really just giving myself permission. So yeah, in combination with uh, my sister, Hannah, and also I think just taking a more Zen approach to, uh, vegetarianism that that's kind of what led me back into it as an adult. Yeah, yeah. So that was my, that was going to be my question is how did you find balance? Well, yeah, I think like I said, uh, the term flexitarian, that was just a game changer for me. You know, when you find a word and it's just like, it encompasses so much of what you've been trying to describe, like just to even yourself. Um, so I think that when Hannah went vegetarian again, and I was already at a point where I was buying meat and not eating it and feeling kind of like, why am I buying meat where, you know, um, it's only going to go bad. And I feel really bad about that. So I stopped buying meat, but I, at the same time, I told myself, you know, if I want to have meat, um, like if I'm at a party and there is a cheese and meat platter, I am going to have that. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, like if there's, if I'm out for dinner and that's really the only option, but, but yeah, I just, I gave myself permission to, you know, it doesn't have to be the all or nothing. And I think as soon as I take away the all or nothing mentality in a situation, then that's when I really can thrive in it. So yeah. that's Yeah. It's definitely the same with me and I have to be very careful. And when we became vegetarian, when we started the podcast in 2013, I almost immediately went into that defensive kind of, and when I say defensive, like my mind and my body and, you know, I've struggled with my weight because it's almost like whenever there's that restriction put in place, I can feel that way. So I have to be very careful to remember my whys uh, as to why I personally don't eat meat, but I can't, I can't like tell myself that, you know what I I, I can't, it's yeah. almost, you, just, you see what I'm saying? Cause it has to be, still an option for me. So it's yes. like a flexitarian mindset, but so there has to be that openness because if I feel so, so perfect analogy is when I was a kid, maybe this is a mindset I just have, but when I was a kid, we used to play hide and go seek like a lot of kids. And I would always hide in a place where I could stick out just a little bit or like, 
like not being completely trapped because you know so you could say that's maybe a form of claustrophobia too but i think there's kind of mental claustrophobia as well when it comes to certain things i always had to feel like i had a way out because if i felt cornered at all i felt like i couldn't do it does that mm -hmm. make sense and i think totally. that's what really helps that that totally. term really helps me too because i had only heard that term i think we were already doing the podcast when i had heard that term i don't think i had heard it until at least a year or two until a year ago yeah, yeah. two years yeah. yeah it's uh i think that it really for me is a word that kind of you know just with the whole vegetarian zen community yeah just the freedom to you know just find your your version of what works right yeah. um and that there's no judgment and that there's just the kind of the acceptance of uh yeah of what works for different people and i think that um like you know i said that my dad he's very much into hunting and fishing and and you know like as a kid he really would kind of tease me about being a vegetarian and it just you know was we, it was a very defensive situation and now as an adult he's really like he said how much he enjoys having vegetarian meals with me and that he enjoys eating like that as well and um and so i think that uh once i came at it from a more chill approach of just like, hey, this is how I'm living my life. I made some food for you instead of like, this is wrong and what you're doing is murder and like all of these things. Like, you know, that would just put his defenses up. And now it's obviously not like that at all. And uh, he can understand my perspective a lot better because I've, you know, yeah. I've definitely tried to understand his. And, and so, obviously, as I'm like still eating meat, that I do understand that perspective still. Yeah. So. I always, you know, one of the things we call, and I know you're not in our peas and carrots because you kind of avoid the social media thing, which mm -hmm. I think is completely amazing. <laughs> we, I wish I could, but you know, well, first I'm not. I love our peas and carrots group, but I'm not. So I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about like just the yes, social media, everything else, yeah, other <laughs> yeah. stuff. Is that's yes. the, the peas and carrots is definitely that one little bright spot and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. there are so many things sometimes that just creep into the feed that into my. Uh, news feed that I'm like, oh, I just didn't need to see that. And you try to eliminate some of it, but it just yeah, it's always so gets hard. in there. <laughs> <laughs> so hard sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think when you know a while back, I had seen some, some when I was in some groups. I've I've gotten myself out of some of some of the groups, the 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 plant based or vegan groups. I stay in some that are pretty good, but there's some out there that I had I just kind of joined everything at first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, would see people arguing back and forth. And I was just like, I, I just, why? That's, you're not going to convince somebody on the internet. Rarely do you see anybody ever win one of those things. You know, it's one of those things where it's yeah. just, there's, there's no one who wins. You just make each other yeah. upset that day, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Harley, is there, is there anything that, anything you want to say in closing? Yeah, just that, um, I guess, I don't actually know what I want to say in closing. <laughs> um, but I'm just so excited that like to be able to talk to you guys and um to yeah, to have this community. Like I know that uh, like you were saying, like I'm not on social media just for the reasons that like you just talked about. Um mm -hmm. so feeling in a sense like how do I still connect with people and get just sort of 
that vibe of, you know, being able to get advice from people who are just living it instead of like these, you know, experts who are telling you what to do. Um, so anyway, just uh, being able to connect with this podcast has just been so awesome and the community and knowing just that there's so many chill uh, vegetarians, vegans, and the vegetarians, right? <laughs> yeah. You inspired us too to start thinking outside of our box because, you know, when we talked to you about coming on the podcast, we had discussed how we usually when people, we talk to people, they, they're part of the peas and carrots, our close Facebook group, and you were not. And I, I thought, uh, that's rare, but it's mm-hmm. also an opportunity we're missing because, as you mentioned, I think there's some things that we can do as far as having some maybe meetups or hangouts or something outside of social media for the folks that aren't part of that yeah that whole thing and that's been very good for us to hear that because I think there is a group that either they're not on social media at all or they prefer not to be on social media like like I said if if it wasn't for the peas and carrots and you know the things that we we um are are uh vintage item business and all that I probably wouldn't be on social media much at all I mean it's Mm -hmm. great connecting with old friends from high school and kind of staying in touch but and family of course but Outside of that, I probably would not be in that on a daily basis. And you, re- I really appreciate you mentioning that to us because I think it is a good thing for Larissa and I to see about ways to connect with people outside of social media as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think like too in regards to, um, you know, just like living up in Thompson where – like I'm assuming in bigger cities that if you don't want to be on social media, you still have like other opportunities to like go out <laughs> to like yeah. meet other people who are like-minded uh, in whatever it might be when you're living in like very small, more, yeah, just isolated communities. Uh, you don't really have that option. It's like, yes, you can join, you, you can build the club, you can make the club and people might join it. But you know, that's a lot of work, right? So I, it's awesome to be part of communities too. They're just like willing to use technology to be able to make those connections because sometimes it's not that easy for uh, different groups like yeah. who might be based out of other cities. Um, right. That, yeah. So that's awesome. But thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for being part of our golden apple round table. We really appreciate it. Whenever we talk about the uh, members of the golden apple round table or our patrons on Patreon, we are so grateful because uh, again, as we've mentioned before, you guys literally help keep the lights on at Vegetarian Zen through your support. So we really appreciate you uh, giving to us on a, on a monthly basis so we can keep the podcast going. So yeah, you. you're very welcome. Very thank great. you, guys. And thank you for being on the show. We appreciate Yay. it. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. All right. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Harley. We had such a great time chatting with her and she was so generous with her time because even though the interview was kind of, uh, there was a snippet there, we talked a lot before we got on and we talked a lot afterwards. (laughs) So she's just awesome. I I regret that she, she, that the distance between us is so great because Mm -hmm. I would love to, to meet her in person, but, uh, that seems like an excuse to take a trip to Canada. Yeah, that would be cool. But, uh, again, we greatly appreciate having Harley on the show And we appreciate the folks at the Golden Apple Roundtable. All right. I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time, peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. 
You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.